everyone, and welcome to the Young Adults Bible Study Podcast. My name is Lindsay, and today we're going to be going through Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. We will be talking about identity, Jesus, the Old Testament, and apostleship. We're also going to be talking about where we fit into all of this as young adults. So thank you so much for tuning in, and without further ado, let's dive into the book of Romans. I'm going to start this episode off with a question for you. Who are you? When someone asks you that question, how do you usually reply to that? Do you focus on your personality or what job you have or what your hobbies are? I know for me personally, I used to focus on what job I had. And sometimes I focus on my personality. I guess it all just depends on the situation and who I'm talking to. But... Do you ever introduce yourself in relation with Christ? Hi, my name's Lindsay, and I'm a disciple of Jesus. Do you ever do that, or would that be weird? I know a couple weeks ago, I ran into someone that I used to know at Walmart, and he asked, oh, so what are you up to now? What are you doing? And I used to work for... Youth for Christ, which is a Christian organization that works with youth, and I told him that I was a group home worker, that I worked with youth, but I didn't mention who I worked for because I felt almost ashamed of the gospel. But why? Do you ever feel that way? I know that I feel that way more than I want to, and it's not that I'm not comfortable with being a Christian, but they knew who I was and not who I am. And in some ways, my brain just wanted to go back to who I was. In some ways, it was easier. In some ways, it was more fun. In some ways, it was easier to talk to people. But that's not who I am now. And I can't be ashamed of that. I did eventually tell him that I worked for Youth for Christ because I knew in my brain that it wasn't okay that I didn't want to. But we came to Bible study and we focused on the first verse of Romans. And the very first verse of Romans says, Paul a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, and set apart for the gospel of God. Paul. That is what he focused on. When someone asks Paul who he is, he talks about who he is in Christ, because that is his identity. That's the only identity that matters. So the next week, I had a job interview, and they asked me, who are you? That was the first question they asked me in this job interview, and you know what I said? I said, I'm Lindsay, a servant of Jesus Christ, and I got the job. I mean, it it wasn't because of that answer that I got the job, but they knew what they were getting into 
when they hired me, they knew that they were going to hire someone that's a Christian. And I set those boundaries right away saying, this is who I am. Because when you say who you are, you take identity in that. What do you take identity in? Do you take identity in your job? Do you take identity in your personality? Hey, I'm a bubbly person. I'm an artsy person. I'm a very musical person. I'm someone that really enjoys photography. I really enjoy reading. It kind of comes back to our passions, doesn't it, that we talked about last week? What are you passionate about? Are you passionate about things in this world? Or are you passionate about Jesus? And it's okay to have those passions about things of this world. It's okay to have a passion for your job. It's okay to have a passion for something that you really enjoy doing. But do you have a passion for Christ? Are you passionate about Christ? Are you passionate about wanting to share that? What you have as a passion is something that we take identity in. And I don't know about you, but I want to work on taking identity in Christ. And I know that it doesn't happen overnight. But that is something to strive for. That is something to work towards. When Paul starts the letter, he starts off with how he is a servant of God. He is first a servant of Christ. And he is second called to be an apostle. He says he is set apart because of his calling. We are also called to be set apart from the world. How often do you think about that though? How often do you think that we aren't supposed to be just like the people in this world? And I know sometimes that can be hard because we do look a lot like them. Like, what does that look like in our lives? Does that mean that we can't watch the same movies as them? Does that mean that we can't read the same books? Does that mean that we can't watch Harry Potter? I, what does that mean in our lives? What does being set apart mean? And I think it comes back to our identity. What do you take identity in? It comes back to this first verse in Romans. It comes back to how we introduce ourselves. It comes off as who we are. Not just on the outside, because on the outside we do look like we are very much part of this world. We wear jeans, or at least most of us do. We wear sweaters, bunny hugs if you live in Saskatchewan. We wear long hair. We put it up. We wear makeup. We look like the world but we're not supposed to be part of it we are called to be set apart from it and that does start with what we take identity in if we start taking identity with things in this world we start becoming more and more like this world but if we take identity in Christ we start becoming set apart from this world our willingness to serve and obey Jesus allows us to be useful and usable servants to do work for him that matters. Are you willing to serve and obey the Lord in order to be open to what he wants to do in you and through you? Think about that. 
are we willing to be used by God? Do we want to be used by God? So you have a coworker that is not a believer. Are you willing to talk to them about that? Are you willing to be a Christian in front of that person? That's hard because we don't like standing out. As people who live on this earth, we don't like standing out because when you stand out, it means that you're different and it means that you don't fit in. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's exactly what we're called to be. We're not supposed to fit in. We're not supposed to be the same as everyone else. We have to be different. We are called to be different. Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you open to do what he wants to do in us? He, he wants to change us. He wants to change what our identity is. He wants to change what our passions are. When we are set apart, we can sometimes turn that into pride. We are different than you. We are better than you. But that's not the case. Christianity always separates us, but it separates us for service and humility and love for all people. Think about that. Just take a second. How are we supposed to be different? We're supposed to be different in our passions. And if our passion is with Christ, that also means our passion is for other people. That means love for all people. That is how we are supposed to be separate for the gospel of God. We are all sinners. In a lot of ways, we are like this world because we are all sinners, every single one of us. There isn't one person on this world that hasn't sinned. Jesus, that is it. We are no better than those we are trying to help save. But we do have love through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is what our passion is. Our passion is love. And we attain that through our Lord and Savior Jesus. Isn't that cool? I think that's I think that's absolutely amazing that he does that for us, that he helps us. Because being set apart is, is one of those things where it's either you love it, you love being different, and everyone wants to be different. Because I think we see that in the world today, that everyone wants to be unique. Everyone wants to be different. Or the exact opposite, everyone wants to fit in. But sometimes you fit in by being unique, which I don't actually understand, but that's okay. I'm not in high school anymore, so I don't need to play the whole fit-in game anymore. We are different, and we're different because of our love. In verse 2, Paul ties this all together a little bit. He is creating Jesus as the center of what he's going to talk about in this book. How important is Jesus to us in comparison to other things in our lives? Because Paul is going to be talking about Jesus as the center of his life, the very reason he exists, the very reason he is doing what he's doing. But in our lives, how important is he? How important is Jesus in comparison to your boyfriend or girlfriend? 
how important is Jesus in comparison to your job or your house or school? A lot of us young adults are going to school right now and we focus our whole lives on that because there's grades and it's stressful and sometimes we put off friends and family and everything until we're out of school because school is the one thing that's important right now. What is it in your life that you are holding to a higher standard than Jesus? Because we all have that thing. We all have the thing that we hold higher than him. Unless, of course, you're a really, really good Christian and Jesus is that thing that is in the very, very center of your life, which it can be. Just look at Paul. That's where he's at. But I know for me, I hold my boyfriend up to a higher a higher spot in my life than Jesus sometimes. And I recognize that just this week, actually, and I texted Jordan and I let him know that this is what's going on and that he can help me with that and just talked about different ways that we can work through that because he is the person that's here. He is my partner. He is my life partner. Jesus needs to be held at a higher position in my life than Jordan. What is it in your life that you're holding higher than Jesus? That's hard, right? Like, we think about that, and honestly, it, it starts throwing a mood over the room because you're like, oh, oh, ugh. I, I'm messing up a little bit. I'm not going to say that it's okay, but I am going to say that almost everyone has those moments and you're not alone in that. It's just about redirecting, right? It's about redirecting what our focus is. And as we go through verse 2, we see that Paul is making Jesus the center of everything because that's where he's supposed to be. That's where he's meant to be. So Paul in verse 1 is saying that he's a servant of Jesus Christ. He introduced him right away. And then he goes on to say that he's called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Verse 2 kind of explains what the gospel of God is. Verse 2 says, The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. So what does that mean? The gospel promised beforehand... So this is talking directly about prophecies found in the Old Testament. Uh, so some of the verses that you could say foretold of the coming of Jesus are verses like Psalm 46 to 10, which says, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire you to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. You can also look at Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And it just keeps going on and on about Jesus, basically. 
There's also other verses like Zechariah 9, 9 to 11, um, also Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, and Malachi chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. And there's tons and tons and tons and tons of scriptures that are foretelling Jesus. After Paul says the gospel he promised beforehand, he talks about Jesus being a descendant of David. This is relating new information to information that the Jews already had. Although this letter was sent to a Christian church, Paul wanted to make connections as to source himself with the Bible and hold what he is telling the audience up to scripture. Because it is so, so, so important that we hold what we say up to scripture. Even then, everything that he was saying did not contradict with the Old Testament. And that is such a beautiful thing about the Bible, that the Old Testament and New Testament don't contradict each other. There is new information in the New Testament, and it brings light and shines light on the Old Testament, but it never actually contradicts each other, which is so beautiful. I just love the book. It is so living. But because of this, Paul isn't nullifying the Old Testament. He's not saying that it's trash. He's not saying that we have to throw it out. But he's rather upholding it to a great standard. And he's saying that the Old Testament is still relevant, that it is still there. And we also need to think about that sometimes. Because I know so often we get stuck in the New Testament and we forget the Old Testament exists. And the Old Testament can be boring and it can be hard to read and... There's a lot of cool stories in it, like David and Goliath and Noah's Ark and all of those things that we consider children's stories, but we need to remember that those are also stories for us. But it's not just the stories, it's everything else in there. It's the prophecies, it's the law, it's everything that the rest of the Bible was founded on. It is the foundation of the Bible that the New Testament that Jesus builds off of. Even Jesus quotes the Old Testament often. And I, off the top of my head, I don't know how many times, but it's it's a lot. So we cannot just throw out the Old Testament because it's still there. It's still living and it's, it's, it, it is a great standard. And the New Testament is built off of it. Paul then talks about Jesus's resurrection from the dead. He does not stop at the fact that Jesus had died for us. Resurrection was a stumbling block for quite a few people, um, but this is where the power was held. Jesus, God, reigns not only over our life, but also over death. So yes, Jesus died. And I think we get hung up on that too. Jesus died for us. Jesus died for me. But we forget about the resurrection. We resurrected with Christ. Our old self died and we came alive as a new creation. Yes, Jesus died for us, but he also resurrected and it showed that power. And we so often forget about that. Um, in verse 5, it says, through him we received grace and apostleship. We did not only receive grace from God through Jesus dying and being raised from the dead, no, we also received a call to apostleship in our lives. So what does that mean? Do you know what apostleship means? One who is called an apostle 
that basically means that we're called and sent by Christ to have the spiritual authority, character, gifts, and abilities to successfully reach and establish people in kingdom, truth, and order. That's what an apostle is. I know that's a lot of words, so let's break that down a little bit. So through Jesus, we received apostleship. So the first part of that is spiritual authority. Spiritual authority means that we have Jesus on our side. We have authority over death. We have authority over demons. We have authority over Satan. We have authority over evil. And I think so often we forget that we have this authority. We have power through Jesus. No, it's not on our own. But we do receive that by trusting in Jesus, by becoming one of his followers, by becoming a Christian. We have power. Apostleship is also about character. Through Jesus, we gain character. And we're, I know we're not there yet, but character is built by hardships that we have in our lives. And we do. As a Christian, we have a lot of hardships. We have things that make us shy away from our faith. We have persecution in some parts of the world. We have um, just troubles in our everyday life where we're like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this as a Christian. I know how I would deal with this as someone of the world, but I'm not anymore, so I don't really know what to do. And all of those things build character. And through Jesus, we do build character to be an apostle. We also have gifts and abilities to successfully reach and establish people in kingdom truth. So that's also a mouthful. So gifts and abilities. We gain gifts through the spirit when we become Christians. And we all have gifts that we're just born with. We have things that we're good at that um, be from our influences around us. But... The Spirit does directly give us gifts, whether that be hospitality or giving or teaching. We all have gifts to be able to establish the kingdom of God. I'm going to brag on my sister a little bit again here, but she has this amazing gift of music. She can sing, she can play piano, she can play guitar, she can pick up a violin and just play it, she can play accordion. She has this gift that God has given her through the Spirit to make music and bless people through this music. And he has brought her into so many situations where this music has blessed people and just brought them closer to the Lord. And our gifts don't always have to look like they're practical. They don't have to be practical gifts like reading your Bible or the, being able to pray and just enjoying that and being able to be present in that. Sometimes our gifts are music or art or being able to talk to certain types of people. And we always look at each other's gifts and be like, man, that's a cool gift. I really wish that I had that. But you do have your own set of gifts and abilities. And I think that's amazing that we have that through the Lord. Because we sometimes look at ourselves like, Man, I have nothing to offer. Why would God choose me? Because I have nothing. But look at Moses. He had a speech impediment and God still chose him. And then God gave him that ability. Isn't that cool? 
I think that's I think that's so cool because it doesn't matter about us. It never matters about us. And I think we're going to learn that more and more and more going through Romans that it, nothing matters about who we are, but it all matters about who Jesus is and who God is. Our gifts and abilities are there to successfully reach and establish people in kingdom truth. So successfully reach. It's not about just reaching those people. It's about successfully reaching people. That means actually talking to people and they get it. Our gifts are meant to help people get it. Some people get it through music. Some people get it through just teaching. Some people get it through conversations. Some people get it by us just listening to them and giving them that ear that they need. Your gifts are so important to reaching people and everyone has different needs. Every single person of this world has a different need and that's why we all have different gifts. If we all had the same gift, we wouldn't be able to reach as many people because we can offer something to someone that another person can't offer. I know I can't offer music to someone like my sister can. I can't offer that adventure that she can. But she can reach people that I can't reach and I can reach people that she can't reach. But we can successfully reach and establish people. So establishing isn't just reaching them and then letting them go. This is like a mentorship almost. This is taking them under our wing and building them up. This is helping people actually be able to stand on their feet. Sometimes we forget about that too. We bring people to Christ and then we're like, yes, we did it. There's another one in the books. And then we leave them alone and don't help them. Well, how is that going to help them? Because now they're lost in the world of Christianity when they have no idea what to do. We are meant to establish people. That's what apostleship is. Apostleship is bringing them to the Lord and then helping them in kingdom truth. So what is kingdom truth? That is the gospel. The gospel is kingdom truth. And it's just so incredible when you look at what we are called to do. We are called to be those apostles. And we are given the opportunity to be apostles. We receive that through Jesus when we become a Christian, we receive grace and apostleship. That's what it says in verse 5. To call all the Gentiles to obedience that comes from the faith for his name's sake. Man, we are part of that. We are part of this story. It does not end in the Bible times. It does not end in Romans we are called to be part of this. We are supposed to continue this. We don't just end it here. We are meant to do what Paul is doing. We are meant to be those people. We are meant to be Christians that go out and make Christians. And that's what he says in verse 6. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We are called to be those Gentiles who belong to Jesus Christ. You might be a Jew, but I'm not. And I, I am so thankful that God is not just the God of the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Because I get to be part of this. I get to be part of writing this story. 
verse 7. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. So that's just saying who this book is written to, who this letter is written to. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. This is just a greeting. This whole first part that we just read from verse 1 to 7, this is just the introduction, guys. This isn't about anything but Paul just introducing himself and introducing the gospel. And today was jam-packed episode, but we are just starting to dive in. Did you guys know that this is the longest intro to any of the books that he wrote to any of the letters that he wrote in it Paul identifies himself he talks a bit about the message that has changed his life he is speaking of the roots of the Old Testament and its foundation built on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how it's meant to spread through the Apostles which is us I don't know about you guys but I'm super psyched to be jumping into Romans with you, and if you have any questions, you can definitely email me at youngadultsbiblestudy.pc at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys and see what you thought about today's episode, and if you have any thoughts or questions that you would like to add or would like me to dive in a little deeper for you, please email those as well. I am an open book. If you have any questions about me, like who I am personally, I would also like to answer those because I would love to tell you that I am a disciple of Jesus. So I hope that you guys all have a great week and we will hear from you next week. See you guys.